1: Final Edition Radio Hour is a work of satire, intended for people who own books, gentrify neighborhoods, and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire that is. Hi, I'm Jeff Chrysler. And I'm Tony Hendra, And this is...
2: Our 200th episode of the Final Edition Radio Hour! Yes! Woohoo!
1: Wow, Jeff, you seem really excited. Are you kidding me, Tony?
2: This is incredible. We did it. We made it. 200 freaking episodes. Yeah, that's a lot of satire. We must have like 140, 150 hours of original sketches ferociously disrespecting everyone from
1: PETA to the NRA, Paul Ryan to Nancy Pelosi, OK Cupid to farting humpback whales. But not Kanye West, unfortunately. What a colossal asshole didn't vote, and if he had, it would have been for Trump. He's the Booker T. Washington of rap. Okay, okay, we'll get to him in the next 200. But for now, we've accomplished our
2: number one goal. Getting famous? No. Getting paid? No. Getting laid? No, Tony. Donald Trump. We mocked every institution so brutally that the world had to create something beyond mockery. President Donald Trump. We did that. We did that? Are you sure? Yeah. All of us. Everywhere. Everyone. And as for the final edition, think about it. He's a perpetual motion satire machine. We just have to report reality, and we're in business forever. We're going to
3: be rich.
2: Yeah. Yeah. On that last point, how's that going to work now? Well, I I guess we'll just keep being really funny and insightful and cathartic, and then uh,
1: people... Uh, By our album, give us money? oh fuck! I've seen all this before, Jeffers. Nixon, Stalin, Genghis Khan, all of them. And the one thing I know: the Courtchesters never get the gold. Well, can we at least wear funny hats and curvy shoes? Yeah, absolutely. I think those are allowed at the internment camps. All right, well then, this is the 200th episode of the, the final, final edition, edition radio. radio.
2: Ah. And a special thanks to Barry Lank, who's kept us going for about 195 of the 200 episodes, you big jerk.
4: At the headquarters of the Democratic National Committee, shortly after the zombie apocalypse.
5: Okay, so is everybody in? It looks like we're the last survivors. We're all going to have to work together if we're going to defeat the zombie apocalypse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
4: Oh, of course.
5: Okay, great. First thing, we need guns. Um... Yes, Carol?
0: Guns make me feel really unsafe. And this whole zombie thing has been really triggering anyway. Okay,
5: well, I would really like to validate your feelings, Carol, but I think guns are going to be very important
4: to this scenario.
0: Well, I think if we start to discount people's feelings at this point, we're never going to make it as a new society. Look,
4: Carol, you're going to have to toughen up and deal with some guns. This is the zombie apocalypse.
0: Okay, wow. Toughen up? Because I'm a woman? Can you check your male privilege, please? Carol, look, women
6: can be tough. You'd know that if you were around more than just white feminists all the time. Oh,
0: okay, so my feelings aren't valid because of the color of my skin? That's really fair. Shit, I think that was the fence. I'm just feeling really attacked right now? You're
6: going to be feeling really attacked by zombies in a minute, white bitch? Okay, just wow. Praise be Allah, please save us. Oh no, you did not just bring that terrorist shit in here.
4: Terrorist? Muslims aren't terrorists, you ignorant
6: person. Ignorant? Why, because I'm black?
5: Hey, can everyone please just shut the fuck up? And focus on the zombies that are coming to eat our brains?
6: Look, I want to defeat these zombies just as much as anyone. But if you think I'm going to let you tell me what to do, some white man. Yeah, does the
0: white man always get to be in charge, even in the zombie apocalypse?
5: I wasn't even trying to be in charge. You guys just won't get off your damn phones for more than a minute. What are you even looking at? Everyone on
0: Facebook's dead. Don't try and silence us, angry white male. That's it. I say we protest. Let's take to the streets.
5: Yeah, I'm down. We will be heard. But what's your message even?
0: Wait, no, no, don't open the door. Oh, oh, shit, oh I
6: got to die first. Oh,
3: oh like our brains oh. again.
6: How are you?
1: Mom, I just gotta ask. Did you vote for Trump? What? Did you vote for Donald Trump?
6: You're you're breaking up, Bobby. Who is it? It's Bobby. I'll put him on speaker.
7: Hey, Bobby, what's shaking?
1: Please tell me you guys didn't vote for Donald
7: Trump. Sorry, son. Uh, There was something in front of the speaker. What was that? Did you vote
6: for Donald Trump?
8: We, we... we love Donald Duck.
7: No! Trump! Trump card? Like in Bridge? Dad! Okay, here's the truth, son. Yeah, we voted for Donald Trump. Why? I... Think of it this way. Remember when you were little and you put your finger in an electrical outlet because you were curious? Well, we were curious to see what might happen if we voted for Trump.
6: And now we're a little
7: shocked. We're fucking electrocuted! Uh,
6: Let's just hope for the best, okay?
7: No! Come on! Hope for the best, Bobby.
6: Hope for the best, dear.
7: Keep your head up, sport.
6: And hope for the best! Just hope for the
7: best. All we can do is hope for the best. You hope for the best. We We will. will! You're still coming home for Thanksgiving, right?
1: I guess so.
6: Can't wait to see you. We're late for Mahjong, kiddo. Gotta run. Love Love you. you!
8: Fuck. Many millennials did not vote in the election, apparently, because they were unenthused by Hillary Clinton, even though she espoused many of the proposals made by Bernie Sanders and legislation to ensure reproductive rights and equal pay for women. The final edition gathered a representative group this week and asked them... So, what do you guys think is the
7: most important way to push back against the incoming Trump administration?
4: Sign
2: petitions. Lie to pollsters.
9: Don't retweet him. Don't comment on his tweets.
2: Flame his trolls. Trigger warnings whenever he's on TV.
9: Participate in clicktivism. Invite Bernie to commencement. Yes, Bernie. Uh, yeah. Burn, burn.
2: Feel the burn.
7: Feel That's what I'm saying. I feel it all
9: the
2: time.
10: I
9: Bernie. agree.
7: How about activism? Are you familiar with activism?
2: I'm Crystal. Is it like clicktivism? I'm Jolene. My friend told me she thinks activism is like when you have to watch a TV show at a certain time.
7: Appointment programming. It's a bit like that. To organize a protest march, for example, you have to tell people to be at a certain place at a certain time.
2: Like being in a certain place at a certain time
7: is so difficult for people. So
9: I don't yeah, have I time. I've been there so no. many times.
7: Well, how about organizing online to start taking back
9: state legislatures? I- I'm Samson. Are you- are you using sarcasm? Because I was sarcastically abused as a child.
11: Oh my! Oh my God! God. Oh. Really? Yeah,
9: it really hurts.
11: <laughs>
7: No, 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 no No sarcasm intended. Perish the thought.
9: Oh, yeah? You you said state legislatures? <laughs> states don't have legislatures. Yeah, they do. And Republicans have control of them in 32
7: states, containing 61% of the population, much of it Democratic.
8: <laughs> what? No, no.
12: W- that's not w- that even a no. thing. TF, that's not a thing. Uh,
7: Democrats have control of only 13 states, which contain just 18% of the population. Plus, some of those states have Republican governors, and not all the legislatures have veto-proof majority.
11: What?
9: <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not... Uh, I don't think so. That's <laughs> not democracy. No.
13: Uh, no. Huh?
1: Uh, Randall here. Uh, what are governors, dude? Like, what do they do?
7: Well... Look at it this way. They're sort of like the president of each state.
1: So there's 52 presidents plus the real president?
2: There are 53 presidents. That is crazy stupid.
7: Not literally. Governors have certain state powers which parallel the federal powers of
9: the president. Why? Because it's mandated in the Constitution. Hey, hey, hey. I I feel your anger as a microaggression. I do not feel safe here. I I do not not feel safe here. No, I don't either. I do
14: not feel safe here. No. You're
7: not safe anymore. Anywhere in the U.S. There are 300 million governors guns in this country, most of them owned by people who voted for Trump, and they all have triggers. Not trigger warnings on the cover of a Jane Austen novel because Jane Austen's family wealth came from slavery. Real triggers. People pull them and then other people die.
2: I know. Beyoncé for president in
0: 2018. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. Yes, Yes, queen. queen! Graduating high school can be one of the most exciting times of your life. But amidst the celebrations, there's also stress. The choices of colleges to attend can be quite overwhelming. That's why we like to make it easy for you here at the Electoral College. Founded in 1787, the Electoral College is one of the country's oldest institutions still in place today. Whatever degree you want to earn, it's available at the Electoral College. However, we have the power to change it to something else. Well,
4: my first two years at the Electoral College, I was studying environmental studies, uh, but then I showed up for lab one day and the professor told us that environmental studies isn't a real thing and that we're now going to be studying accounting. Just like that, I had a new major. You know, it wasn't what I wanted, but that's how the Electoral College works.
0: We also have some of this country's earliest curriculum still in use in the United States. Here's how they work. Each major gets two instructors, plus an additional amount of instructors, depending on how many people apply for that degree. Then the total number of professors will get together and make the curriculum as they see fit, which sometimes is different than the information that should be taught. Sounds confusing? It is. But we at the Electoral College like to honor traditions over anything that makes actual sense. Take our on-campus resources, for example.
6: I studied computer science at the Electoral College. The only equipment they had available were uh, slow PC computers running Windows 95 and Prodigy. It was really out of date. Uh, I'm still not sure why they don't just update their system.
0: You may be thinking, if everything in the Electoral College is so outdated and really doesn't serve a good purpose anymore, then why still exist? That's a great question and not one that we will ever consider answering. I am a foreign exchange student from Pakistan who earned a
5: full scholarship to the Electoral College. One day I came back to my dorm only to find all of my stuff thrown out to the lawn and that I was kicked out of the school. I was an honor
2: student with a very high GPA. The people behind the Electoral College must just be racist.
0: So whatever it is you want to do as a career, the Electoral College will prepare you for working in a country where you don't have a voice that matters. Apply today on our website, wwwtrump 4 presidentedu
8: And now, 13 things you and your relatives can talk about this Thanksgiving instead of the election. Sports!
4: How to make apple
8: pie.
9: Your tattoo that no one knows about turkey your sex life
1: the GDP of Uzbekistan what you found in your stool
6: this morning
3: AIDS
9: Don Cheadle I'm a goddamn
5: American icon Africaons. The magically delicious! Your miscarriage.
8: <laughs> Erosion. And the 13th thing you and your relatives can talk about this Thanksgiving instead of the election.
11: But, but stop. stop!
1: The final edition radio hour will be right back. Welcome back to the final edition Radio Hour.
4: Man on the street! It's Thanksgiving. The final edition asks the man on the street. What are your plans?
0: I'm going to eat all of my feelings in the form of a pumpkin pie. When's
6: Thanksgiving? Is that on a Thursday this year? I think we should send all them turkeys back to Turkey. Well, I don't
4: celebrate Thanksgiving because I'm Jewish.
0: I'm sorry, Uh, a bunch of people almost died, so we're going to eat a big meal and remember it? This sounds like a Jewish holiday.
4: I'm going home to see my family. I'm thinking about leaving,
6: like, you know, Wednesday night when there probably won't be that much traffic. I'm
4: going to buy a pumpkin pie and forget it in the car. I'm going to find a pumpkin pie in a car and fuck it. I'm going to eat at a diner alone.
1: Hello, and welcome to the final edition interview. Today, we're talking again to someone we interviewed during the primaries and who ended up injecting some real excitement into the race. Donald Trump's penis. Welcome. What do I call you now? Penis-elect?
12: Mr. Penis-elect, if you don't mind. So, are you still excited
1: from the election?
12: Don't I look excited? That's not hair gel gleaming on the very tip of my head. Let me tell you, this past week has been a long time coming, and by that... I mean, I was coming the entire time. Melania's face looked like she fell into a wedding cake. It was like somebody stepped on a pastry bag. I took a portrait of myself and... Uh,
1: got, got, got the picture. Not everybody is happy, though. To large parts of America, you were a real slap in the
12: face. They loved it. Hear me? Loved it. Twelve inches of orange steel, baby. Time to make America gape again.
1: Okay. Okay. But right up until the end, the pundits had you losing to Hillary.
12: America didn't think I could come from behind. Next thing you know, they've got Trump sauce dripping down their ass crack. Can I say that? Trick question. I could say whatever the fuck I want.
1: Do you feel like you got inside Hillary's head?
12: If I did, she'd love it. Believe me. She'd be slurping on me like she was Chris Christie. That's not a metaphor, by the way. Just a comparison.
1: Yes. Now you're going to be in the White House. Speaking of which, did your meeting with President Obama go well?
12: I didn't meet him in person. It was strictly face-to-face meeting, and I'm fine with that. I do look forward to meeting Angela Merkel and that English chick.
1: Theresa May?
12: Yeah, if she asks nicely. I don't generally like old coups, but I can be useful if they need to be put in their place.
1: This brings up a frequent complaint. Are you really
12: a leader? Of course I'm a leader. I'm responsible for most of what the rest of Donald Trump does. Did you see that Access Hollywood tape? Grabbing by the pussy? The constant groping? Do you think the hands do that on their own? They don't lead. They do what they're told. And believe me, it isn't the brain giving the instructions on that. I'm the one making all those decisions. Overseeing the operations from tic-tac prep to final pussy grab.
1: Let's change uh, topics. Who are you going to tap for the cabinet? (laughs) Oops. <laughs> I'll
12: tell you who I'd like to tap. Is that Ivanka Trump? I want to part her knee curtains, and I do a job of it. Believe me.
1: She's your daughter?
12: What am I? A cerebral cortex? I'm a dick, asshole. To quote Woody Allen, the cock wants what it wants, and I'm going to get what I want. America voted for me.
1: Actually, they voted for...
12: For what? The brilliant mind? The charm? the insightfulness, or maybe it was that pumpkin orange face with that creepy ashen white eye holes. No, they voted for me, and they knew it.
1: A lot of promises were made. How rigid do you plan to be?
12: Look, if I don't perform, it's not my fault, okay? Maybe America was ugly or neglected my balls or something.
1: Well, how about the wall, for instance? Now this talk, it's just going to be a fence. Where do you stand on that?
12: As a penis, I'm not fond of barriers of any kind. But if we have to have some kind of containment, I prefer latex or sheepskin. You know, for greater sensitivity. And if it was lubricated, it would be that much harder for those bean eaters to climb.
1: It's going to be an interesting four years. Thank you, Mr. Penis Elect. That's it for the final edition interview. Join us next time when our guest will be what's left of Rudy Giuliani's lower teeth. (laughs)
4: English, Unit 7. The use of the passive case in corporate communication. The passive case is an invaluable tool for discussing a difficult incident without assigning responsibility. Convert the following sentences from active to passive. The Deepwater Horizon explosion ultimately caused the largest environmental disaster in U.S. history.
14: The largest environmental disaster in U.S. history was caused. Correct.
4: Next sentence, Wells Fargo Bank secretly created more than 2 million unauthorized checking and credit card accounts in order to boost their stock price.
14: More than 2 million unauthorized checking and credit card accounts were secretly created in order for stock prices to be boosted. Correct.
4: Next sentence, the ex-wife of Jared Fogle is suing the Subway sandwich chain saying top executives knew as early as 2004 that the chain's spokesman sexually targeted children.
14: Uh, the Subway sandwich chain is being sued. No, uh, a lawsuit is being filed alleging that it was known that children were being... No, no, it was known that preying upon was affected? Close enough.
4: Next sentence. The Nestle Corporation is stealing your water because fuck you.
14: Uh, okay. Water is being, uh, n- not stolen. Removal of hydrogen dioxide is assigned. Excellent. Because fuck you. <laughs>
8: Coming up next, a special edition of everyone's favorite game show, What Did You Do?, with your host, Wilson Davidson. Hi,
2: folks, and welcome to What Did You Do?, the show where we ask the only question that matters.
11: What did you do?
2: Let's meet our first contestant.
3: Hi, I'm Joanna. I love Jesus and making miniature gardens and jars.
2: Welcome to the show. So you probably noticed we had an election and around 80 million Americans like you, for one reason or another, didn't actually bother to vote. So, Joanna, the question is, what did you do instead of voting that was so important?
3: Ooh, well, I was a bit late
6: finishing work, and then there was some traffic, and I wanted
3: to pick up tacos, so I picked up tacos and went home to watch some Stranger Things.
2: Great answer, Joanna! Important tasks indeed. Fuck you! <laughs> and now, here's our second contestant, TJ. TJ.
9: Excited to be here, Wilson.
2: Welcome to the show! So tell us, what did you do that was more important than voting in an election that best-case scenario put power in the hands of an extreme right-wing majority and worst-case scenario triggered the end of days? Oh,
9: I mean, I actually wanted to vote, but the line looked so long, so I, I was like, fuck it, I'll come back tomorrow.
2: That's an interesting point, TJ. I would also have accepted my cat was sitting on me so I couldn't move, or it was raining out, so. Fuck you, TJ! Fuck you sideways! <laughs> and now, let's meet contestant number three! Maggie, what did you do instead of voting that was so important?
6: Voting? Oh yeah, I'm going to vote alright. I'm going to make America great again. November 28th, (laughs) Monday after Thanksgiving. You can count on me, Donald. Grab my pussy anytime, please. (laughs)
2: Well, maybe that one we don't worry about so much. This is life now, America. Twenty-something percent of us hate women more than fascists. Twenty-something percent of us hate fascists more than women. And almost half of us don't give a single solitary shit either way. And we all probably deserve what we get. So join us next time on another thrilling edition
11: of...
3: What Did You Do?
2: And might I
0: have... Fuck you! We are facing a crisis. We need more than thoughts and prayers to get us through. We asked for a tampon, and no one had one. Ashley, when a friend asks you for a tampon... You can't just send thoughts and prayers to get her out of the situation. Thoughts and prayers aren't going to stop the bleeding. Thoughts and prayers aren't going to plug up your box. Diane. We need a fucking tampon. You can't let your friends sit idly by and say, I hope you find one. That's not good enough.
14: I hope you find one doesn't stop blood gushing from my vagina, into my underwear, and onto the chair.
0: I hope you find one doesn't stop Furniture from getting ruined by my body's discharge. Julie, it's like the shining down there. Do we really want to see this veritable carnage go on? How many more pairs of white pants do we want to lose? It's time to do something. And we need to do something now. You know who you are. Just keep a tampon on hand. It's that simple. I'm looking at you, Stephanie. You should have had one. We're sinking. I hate that you did that to me. I could have died. Of embarrassment, but it still counts. I'm not being melodramatic. I'm on my period. Just keep a tampon around. Just keep a tampon around. Or a pad. It's something you can do now instead of just sending thoughts and prayers. Because my cunt should seriously be marked off with crime scene tape. <laughs>
4: All right, the game is charades. Everybody, write down something on a sheet of paper that you want to see someone act out, and then we'll take turns going. Okay? Yeah, sounds That's good. Right. Cool. Also, yeah. Okay. And also for this version of the game, uh, except for just saying the answer, you can speak or make any sounds you want.
0: Okay. Who's up first? Oh, I want to go.
11: Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Okay. Uh, one word. I'm going to build a wall. Trump. It's You're, Donald Trump. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
6: nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's on everyone's mind right now. Huh? <laughs> okay. Dana, you got it right. So
0: it's your turn. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, one word. I just need to grab some Tic Tacs and then I'll grab her by the pussy. Trump.
4: Was was
6: it Trump <laughs> again? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah.
4: Trump. Oh, okay. Another Trump? Geez. Did everyone just write Trump?
0: Oh, no. no. Not me. No.
4: I wouldn't write Trump.
0: Where'd all these Trumps come I from? I mean, I'm a woman, so obviously I wrote down Hillary. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah,
6: I, I totally wrote down Hillary, too. I, I would never just write Trump. Well, well someone had to. Brian? Look, I I was going to write
13: Hillary, but
6: just ended up writing the color green. Okay, well, whatever. Let's just keep playing, okay? Uh, I'll go. All right, okay, all right. Uh, Damn it, this one says Trump, too. Pick another. All right, uh, Trump, Trump, Trump. They all say Trump. Okay, guys, just admit it. Who wrote Trump?
0: (laughs) Dude, someone wrote in Trump, but is too embarrassed to admit it. Emmett, what else did you write besides Hillary?
6: Well, I wrote Obamacare for one and LGBTQ rights for another.
0: You sure you aren't lying? Why
6: would I write Trump? I'm not an uneducated person. Larry, what'd you write then?
0: Yeah, the same thing as you. Definitely not Trump. Brian, you're being very quiet. Just admit it. You wrote Trump. I didn't,
6: though. Then what else did you write? I, I wasn't sure what to write, so I left most of them blank. Well, damn it! if we all didn't write Trump, then how did Trump get picked? It just doesn't make any sense.
9: Well,
0: whatever the case, it's getting pretty late.
4: Yeah, you're right. I mean, but this was
5: fun. But tomorrow's December 19th, so we should really get some sleep.
4: Yeah, good point, since we're all members of the Electoral College, and December 19th is the day we vote.
6: Uh, speaking of, who are you all voting for tomorrow? Oh, oh Hillary.
0: Um, Hillary. Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Hillary, Clinton. Hillary Clinton, I'm with her. Probably. <laughs> of course, yes. totally. Sure. Of course. Absolutely. Sure. Of course. Absolutely, Hillary, Hillary. No, just
1: kidding. No mm-hmm. other choice, really. We will be back right after this. Thank you so much.
11: Pull up your pants, we're back! It's the final edition Radio Hour!
1: Hi,
10: welcome back to the final edition. As you may have heard, we had an election and it went great. Everything is wonderful. Apparently, part of the issue was people's worry about who would control the Supreme Court. Well, <laughs> perfect timing. As you may know, we at the Final Edition just produced a three-part series about the Supreme Court, the past, present and future of the court with Howell, which is part of the Earwolf network. Earwolf network. It is called Men in Black, Disrobing the Supreme Court, and we are exceptionally proud of it. Now, for your pleasure, we're going to give you a little taste of some of the sketches that actually made the cut. That preview of what's in that three-part series, which is an exclusively found on howl.fm. In the past, we played some of the things that didn't make the cut. Now you're going to hear the good stuff. So listen, enjoy, then go take a peek at our three-part series on the Supreme Court by visiting Howell, And when you track us down, you can use the promo code M-I-B, which stands for Men in Black, for a free one-month trial. This is the final edition of Radio Hour. God save the
4: Queen. Marbury v. Madison remains one of the landmark decisions of the Supreme Court. The underlying facts of the case are convoluted and, quite frankly, extremely boring. The result, however, was profound. The court established the principle of judicial review, or as we non-lawyer idiots call it, unlimited and unchecked control. control. We take you now to the year 1803 and the chambers of the Supreme Court, as Chief Justice John Marshall and crew work together to establish this monumental decision.
15: Okay, so basically, William Marbury has not received his commission, blah blah blah, justice of the peace, yada yada yada, Judiciary Act of
16: 1789, etc, etc. Look, can we simplify this? Well, Marbury's demanding that we order the Secretary of State to issue his commission to serve office in D.C. He was appointed, and the Secretary is supposed to do this. Boom. Love it. Ordering people around. Done. But... He's asking us to do it because of the Judiciary Act of 1789. Ooh, good note. Don't love that act. Why not, John Marshall? Doesn't it give us more power?
15: Well, William Patterson, what we can do is already outlined in the Constitution,
16: right? That's true, John Marshall, in Article 3.
15: But if Congress can just pass any old act to change what we can do, well, they gave us power this time, but next time they might take it away.
16: Whoa, you just blew my mind. Hey, Samuel Chase, you've been pretty quiet. What's your take on all this? Now, <clears throat>
8: look, I don't want to make any decision until I hear what Bushrod Washington thinks.
16: Bushrod Washington?
4: Now, I know I'm only the justice with the silliest sounding name, but it seems to me that what we're actually being asked to rule on is who gets final say on what is and isn't constitutional.
15: Well, no, that's not what we're being asked, but yeah, fuck it. Let's do that instead. Sounds way more fun than this snooze fest. Uh, who gets final say on the law?
16: Well, look, uh, this is going to sound tacky, but it should be us, right? Right? Yeah. Like, I, right? I didn't want to say it, but we definitely are the most qualified. Of course we are. Any idiot can get elected to Congress. And the president? You only have to be 35 and American and alive. Oh, man, you're right. Like...
15: That simpleton Donovan Trump, who cleans our chamber pots, could become president. Or any of
7: his probably stupider descendants. Gentlemen, you've convinced me. Bushrod Washington. Bushrod Washington? For the sake of America, I think we have to give ourselves unlimited control over the country and the Constitution.
15: For its own good. Look, no one wants to be the one to say
16: I should have all the power... Come on. We're not saying make us your supreme rulers. We're saying if you have to have a supreme ruler, who's more qualified than us?
15: Seems like we're all in agreement here. What about you, Samuel Chase?
8: Oh, uh, I'm just going to vote however Bushrod Washington does. Bushrod
11: Washington!
15: Good enough for me. You're the Clarence Thomas of your time, Samuel Chase. Uh,
8: John Marshall, it's 1803. We haven't heard of Clarence Thomas yet.
15: Doesn't matter. I cannot wait to lord over the American people with our superior intellect and jurisprudence. Guys, I have so many hot takes on
16: slavery. Wonderful. So I guess all that's left is to finalize the ruling the way all Supreme Court decisions are finalized. With a big Broadway musical number. Because power is power and power is
13: power.
2: How does a ragtag group of unelected rich men get to decide the fate of a nation's government? We're chosen by one man, confirmed by a hundred other. They're also rich white men.
8: Heck, we're practically brothers. Think of all the fuck things that we can now do, mostly for each other, and maybe some for you. Ordered and sworn, delivered and born, our wordy long opinions will get this country torn asunder and under cover of
2: law will plunder you'll wonder how you never saw and in case you forget how we got the power to screw you marbury v. madison is just a big fuck you bro.
5: if you don't like it go pass an amendment impeach us and imperil this fragile brand of government Now we the supreme law of the land. Our opinions are more sacred than those of living men.
2: Maybe you think you're a protected class, but you ain't shit to us unless you got that cash. Elected heads will change, but with tenure we're the same man. And the world's gonna know our name. What's our name,
8: man? United States Supreme Court.
5: We are United States Supreme Court.
8: What happens when nine wacky Supreme Court justices share the bench? And a big old house where they all live. Laughter happens on the new hit sitcom, Full Court. This week, the roomies debate how to break the news to little old Ruthie that her pal Antonin isn't coming back.
6: Uh, Hi, Steven. Hi, John. Hey, you guys. Where's Antonin?
7: Golly, John, how do we tell Ruthie that Scalia is D-E-A-D? What?
6: He's fucking dead.
8: Steven, we all have law degrees. Spelling isn't a good way of keeping secrets, D-U-M-M-Y. That's on this week's Full Court.
14: Oh, I love you guys.
1: Justice Clarence Thomas, renowned for his almost complete silence on the bench. During hearings before the court, he virtually never asks a question or makes comments. So remarkable is his taciturn nature that critics have often speculated he may lack legal curiosity or even intellectual acumen. For decades now, court watchers have wondered, what is he thinking?
2: We'll look at our argument first this morning in case 141468, Birchfield versus North Dakota, and the related
13: cases. Mr. Rothfeld? Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court.
8: The fundamental problem with the statutes at issue in these three cases. And
11: blah, 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 blah. God, I hate being a Supreme Court justice. This is so boring. How bad would it be if I paid attention? I don't see how they stand it. Look at him, hanging on every word. John Roberts, that uptight prick. He made me take down the Laura Croft Tomb Raider poster in my chambers. Raquist didn't mind, long as I called him Lord Chancellor. Then there's Suda. Tell me that guy isn't a homo, sitting there with that weird pinched face, his effeminate mannerisms, and that silly lace collar. Oh, wait, that's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Hello, you magnificent gilf. I've got a non-kosher salami for you right here, Granny. You might like an uncut sausage for once. I keep forgetting Suda Quit. He's up in New Hampshire, probably jacking off to classic gay porn, like Buttman and Throbbing, or Sperms of Endearment, or Sorest Rump. Note to self, delete browser history. Again, speaking of where the boys aren't, there's Sotomayor and Kagan. I think both of you old dykes could stand to have your dockets filled with more than cobwebs.
13: Uh, the combination of the benefit and the condition to see whether or Oh
11: no! More stupid, boring court stuff! I gotta make it go away! I gotta go to my happy place! There's no place like porn! There's no place like porn! There's no place like porn! Yeah, who's the black judicial dick that's a hit Uh, with all the chips? uh, It's Long Dong Thomas. uh, That's right, bitch, get me my can of Coke uh, and none of your damn uh, uh, pubic head. Man on the street.
4: Korematsu versus the United States in 1944 upheld the U.S. government's right to put Japanese Americans in internment camps. The case has never been overturned. The final edition asks the man on the street do you think?
6: Uh, I mean, who doesn't like camping?
15: You know, we all make fun of the camps, but they came out with a lot of really nice lanyards and uh, wallets, and they made a
16: mug for their dad. Is
7: there a more bittersweet day than the last day of internment camp?
16: Uh, let me introduce you to my friends, the Native Americans! We used to have a camp there.
7: For the record, I'd just like to say that the Japanese internment camp is my least popular part. Of Disney's California Adventure
4: You know, as a Japanese millennial The irony is that I'm looking for an internship
15: I don't understand why we need to overturn it
4: The only
15: possible reason it would be a problem Is if we elected a president With deep-seated hatred towards everyone With barely any moral compass As an old Japanese man I'd just like
4: to say Can I get out now?
1: (laughs) Year 2224, the Supreme Court underwent its biggest change ever. Science had perfected cloning techniques. At the insistence of strict originalist legal scholars, nine of the actual founding fathers were cloned. They were then appointed to a new Supreme Court that perfectly reflected the will of the founding fathers. This so called Jurassic Court began using time travel techniques to summon Americans from the past. To answer for their crimes. One of the first groups they summoned was the early 21st century Supreme Court under Chief Justice John Roberts.
8: What? Why are we suddenly in this futuristic setting standing before these judges in colonial garb? I'm Chief Justice John Roberts. Who are you? I am Chief Justice Thomas Jefferson.
5: A Founding Fathers' Jurassic Court. You are here to answer charges and to provide that brief exposition. Thank you. You eight are accused of selling out the democracy
8: we founded with your awful decision in Citizens United. A, hey, why hasn't Justice Ruth Ginsburg been transported in time with us?
5: Because it would have made the universe implode since Ruth Bader Ginsburg is already here. Still alive in the year 2224.
14: Please let me die.
1: Chief Justice Thomas Jefferson is right. John Roberts, your foolish decision in Citizens United imperiled American democracy.
8: Okay. Okay. Which one are you? What's your name, man?
2: Alexander
11: Hamilton. My
5: name is Alexander
7: Hamilton. Shut up, Hamilton. That stupid song is over 200 years old.
1: You shut up. You're drunk again, Sam Adams. That's enough. Does anyone else have anything to
7: add? (laughs) Justice
5: George Washington, stop trying to talk with those teeth. The point is, what the Roberts Court did was morally wrong. Because of you, we had to come back to recreate the perfect society that we originally left to you. We founding fathers didn't found this country to be run by giant corporations. We founded it to be run by wealthy planters.
8: Justice Sonia Sotomayor here, Chief Justice Jefferson, can the justices who dissented in Citizens United be excused?
7: Shut up, you swarthy half-breed bitch!
5: Justice Sam Adams has a point. Justice Sotomayor, your vote in Citizens United was canceled. Just like the vote of every woman ever cast in the United States when we went back and rescinded Woman suffrage.
11: Ha ah, ha! Women can't vote!
5: <laughs> Justice Washington says, we have some bad news for you, Clarence Thomas. We reinstituted slavery.
7: Stupid darkie! Take him away! But I'm on your
11: side! I want the country you founding fathers intended!
7: Well, I exclude you for thinking
8: Christmas or whatever your name is. Chief Justice Jefferson, I see the error of my ways. I was wrong to hand power to multinational corporations. Power should be in the hands of land-owning gentry.
5: Glad to hear it. I always knew you were one of us, Justice Roberts. Get these white men all 10,000 acres and a bullwhip. And you nice ladies are free to make breakfast. Old design flag.
14: Must die. Now,
5: God bless us all, and God bless the United States of America.
4: This fall,
0: thousands of law students apply, hundreds are in contention, only 23 are hired. Can you handle the world's toughest internship? Can you take care of nine senior citizens in robes?
4: Welcome to the highest court in the land, where everyone's opinion is dissenting.
3: Hi, I'm Sarah, Sarah Clerks. Walk this way, Clerks. You'll spend the next month going through all these case files to choose what cases the court takes up.
4: That's like a whole library.
3: Don't screw it up, Clerky.
4: These clerks get close to their cases and to each other. TFE presents the number one new drama on podcast. My dad was a Supreme Court intern, Justice Ginsburg. My grandfather was a Supreme Court intern. Clerking is in my blood,
3: Your Honor. Kiss me, you stupid intern.
4: Justice Ginsburg. The drama everyone is talking about.
0: Sarah, are you
14: meeting us at the bar? Sure, I could use a drink. No, Sarah, the Virginia State Bar.
15: Oh. All's in your court now. Are you ready for it to be in session? We'll never get this clerking done in time for the big case. We can if you focus. You two want to fight about what letters come in what order in the alphabet. You do it on your own time.
4: Are we going to kiss now? Uh, sure. Oh, you mean her. One clerk has a devastating secret. I'm... I'm on Adderall. I think I'm an
16: addict. Yeah, we're all taking Adderall.
0: Oh, someone has Adderall? I'm sorry, Justice Ginsburg. I can't clerk for you on this case. You see, the plaintiff is my father. You
3: can't recuse yourself. You're a clerk. No one cares.
4: Clerkship coming this fall on TFE
10: We'll be right back with the final edition Radio Hour
11: Pull up your pants We're back It's the final edition Radio Hour
4: National Lampoon's first original comedy album in 35 years, created by the final edition. Are there any triggers here tonight? It's comedy you can play for your mom. Because we did your mom.
0: Those nice young men who put their penises on my shoulder? They have an album?
4: Find it on CD Baby, iTunes, just about every other digital music outlet. And, of course, your mom's house.
0: Oh, look what someone at the club gave mama as a tip. Are
4: there any triggers here tonight? Is scathing satire with a ball-crunching TSA, an in-depth interview with Kim Kardashian's ass, a sex tape starring Bernie Sanders, and a... Look, the whole album is about your mom. We can't stop thinking about her.
0: (laughs) They were always funny. Sad, though.
4: Are there any triggers here tonight from National Lampoon and the Final Edition? Carol? It's Barry. I need you, baby.
2: And now, a message from the man who invented mistakes.
9: Well, I never thought it would get this popular. When I first invented the idea of a mistake, a lot of people told me, you're making a mistake. And I replied, yeah. So they said, well, don't make a mistake. And I said, come on, aren't you tired of doing the right thing all the time and not having any other option? And they said, if people have another option, that means they might actually take it. And I said, come on, who would ever actually want to make a mistake? And they said, you. Remember? And I said, oh shit. Right. And that's how I discovered my first mistake. To be honest, it was a pleasant surprise. It shook things up, but nobody got hurt. I was in a controlled environment, and after all, I'm a cautious man. I wasn't going to do anything crazy. So I figured that as long as the right people were making mistakes, nothing would get out of hand. So I started experimenting with intelligent mistakes in controlled environments. I put an ant on a piano instead of on the ground. That was fun. I made charcoal drawings of a wizard and then pointed at them and said, look, that's a wood carving of a bar mitzvah. That was a fun mistake. I watched Jimmy Fallon. That was not fun, but at least, no, that was just a mistake. But then you, the people, started getting jealous of my mistakes. So you withdrew my funding. And that was your first mistake. As soon as you realized you could make mistakes, you ran with it. You started calculating tips incorrectly, marrying for love instead of money, and electing Donald Trump. Yes, last week was a bittersweet moment for me. I must admit that I never dreamed people would take my invention this seriously. And the thought of so many people using it, well, who would have known putting ants on pianos would have led all the way to this? But your mistake also filled me with a deep disappointment. By democratically voting Donald Trump into office, you failed to understand the spirit of my invention. Mistakes were never supposed to be something that people wanted. They're supposed to be mistakes. You have ruined my invention. So today, I humbly beg you, let me make the mistakes again. I'll make much better mistakes than you ever could. I'll have the best mistakes. I'll build a 90-foot fork inside of a soup bowl. I'll leave millions of wallets at home when going to a cash-only bodega. And I'll finally put an end to the scourge of correctness that has been sweeping Washington for the past two decades. I'll make mistakes by accident again. I'll even create a two-party system with equally spineless and out-of-touch representatives who promote capitalism as the guiding principle of people's lives in a country built on the exploitation of minorities and the poor, as I watch like-minded people flock to the same parts of the country creating self-reinforcing ideological segregation everywhere, and then let TV ratings determine what presidential candidates get the most airtime, and then leave it up to a mathematically flawed voting system to see who becomes president. Now that would be a mistake. Do you love jokes, but wish there could be more dicks?
1: Then you're going to love dick jokes. What's the difference
7: between a penis and a
1: bonus? Your
7: wife will always blow your bonus.
1: (laughs) We get it. You're tired of all those shows with intellectual jokes about politics that weren't as funny as dicks, and also made no fucking difference. That's why we're only doing dick jokes from now on. On our new show, hosted by a guy called Dick... Who only tells dick jokes? Hi, I'm your host, Dick. Always ready to
7: rise to the occasion.
1: I know what you're thinking. Can dick jokes really be an adequate response to human experience right now? Well, yes! Times are hard. Hard like a rock hard boner. But dicks got us into this mess, and dicks will get us out again.
7: What did the left testicle say to the right testicle? Watch out for that guy in the middle, he's a real dick. Dick jokes can be fun for all the family. Why doesn't the chicken wear pants? Because his pecker is on his head.
1: Dick jokes can be highly intellectual.
7: Why is a penis like researching nihilistic philosophy? The longer you stick with it, the harder it gets. Dick jokes
1: perfectly capture the reignited fire of feminism.
7: What do you call the useless
1: piece of skin at the end of a cock? The man! <laughs> Dick jokes are the only adequate response to politics right now.
7: I heard Donald Trump has an 8-inch cock, but it's in his ass and belongs to Steve Bannon.
1: <laughs> because if everyone's talking and no one's listening, you might just as well say dick and be happy. Dick, dick, dickity, dick, 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 dick penis. <laughs> so sit tight, put your fingers in your ears, start humming, and be sure to tune into Dick Jokes.
14: Mr. Garrett, your organization comes highly recommended in this country. I am planning a job, and I need someone reliable. I assure you, this could be a very lucrative opportunity for us both.
16: Say no more. The Roman highly recommends you, and that's enough for me. I'm giving you my best guy for this job. Hey, Bert, I've got a job for you.
3: This is your best man? Or oh, I'm the best out there. Bertie Fingers at your service. I specialize in hotel robbery.
14: Very impressive. So you break into hotel rooms and steal from tourists. That's gutsy. No, oh,
3: that's amateur stuff. See, what I do is I check into a room. And then I load my suitcase up with all the shampoos, conditioners, towels, and robes in the place. And check out before 2 p.m. the next day.
14: Wait, I don't understand. You just take the shampoo and things? Aren't they all complimentary? That's right,
3: complimentary. And you know, I'm complimenting myself on how well I'm stealing
14: it. But it's not
3: stealing if it's okay to take it. No, I'll steal it. Did I own it before I checked in? Well, no. And is it subsequently in my possession when I walk out at L.I.? Yes, but... Well, there you go
16: then. Mademoiselle Gerard, I told you I'd give you my best. And Bertie is the best
3: at what he does.
14: But he doesn't do anything. He just stays at hotels. Look, Mr.
3: Garrett, I don't think I can work with this lady. She don't respect art.
14: How oh is what you do art? Would you even go to jail if you got caught?
3: It's the beauty of the whole thing. I'll never get caught. By the time the poor blokes at the Apex Hotel in Liverpool realize what's missing, I've already checked in into the Radisson in Manchester. But you're just stealing little bottles of shampoo. It doesn't have any value. Hey, it's not just shampoo. I take everything. Okay. Like what? Well, there's the do not disturb signs.
14: That's just paper.
3: A room service menus.
14: Somehow less valuable paper. I don't know who
3: that Gideon guy is, but I have all of his bibles.
14: Yeah, they put them there for you to take it.
3: I also clean out the mini bar.
14: Okay, I mean, there's probably like a couple hundred quid in Toblerone and Absolute in there, right? At least you're getting away with something.
3: Sure. The hotel usually bills that back to the credit card I left on file.
14: It sounds like you lose hundreds of pounds on each of these heists.
3: Maybe, but you gotta spend money to make money.
14: Look, I can't do this anymore. Mr. Garrett, I don't know if you're also an idiot or just wasting my time, but I'm trying to knock over a bank and you offer me a tourist. The Roman will hear about this.
3: Don't worry, Mr. Garrett. She weren't one of us. We don't need to do business with a frog, but don't appreciate what we do.
16: That's true, Bertie. They just don't make thieves like us anymore. World's passed us by.
3: Maybe. Well, I'm gonna go wash my hair right now for free.
16: You would never have become the best cracker in Europe if you had to worry about that bounce and
3: volume of your hair. True enough. God, I love the hotel robbery game.
13: Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The voices of the Final Edition are performed by... Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earle, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Keith Saltohanes, Samantha Gerwitz, Sean Ari Lehair, Dan Frick, Jeff Hendrick, Dan Vitale, Jeff Chrysler, Barry Lank, John Marshall, Abby Parker, Rachel Rauch, Steve Rosenfield, James Mount, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Rob Miller, Kayla Merrill, Andrew Danish Leslie Shapira Anne Touchell and Darby Worley Credit to our writers at the Final Edition Radio Hour Bruce Cherry Jen Dodd Jim Earl, Rob Gordon Tony Hendra Jeff Hendrick Jeff Chrysler John Marshall Barry Lank James Mount, Jessica Park Kurt Weitzman Leslie Shapira Kate Knowles Jeremy Rayburn and Steve Rosenfield The final edition is produced and directed by Tony Hendra and Jeff Chrysler. West Coast production by Barry Link. Audio edited and engineered by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. The final edition radio hour is the property of the final edition LLC. Copyright 2014.